Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Best DC Comics Podcast, Episode 9, where I'm going to be going through Justice League number 1 with a cover date of May of 1987. If you're not familiar with that book, if it doesn't ring a bell, this is the book that eventually becomes the Justice League International book and famously is the book that Batman one-punches Guy Gardner. This is an issue that is called Born Again, written by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis, pencils by Kevin McGuire, inks by Terry Austin, colors by Gene D'Angelo, letters by Bob Lappin. And if I ended up asking people a little word association, I think most people would say fun for this run. This is my favorite Justice League run, and it has a bunch of my favorite characters, including Guy Gardner, who gets one punch, not in this issue, though, later, though he deserves it in this issue. But with that, you end up having the fun and the humor, not just from Keith Giffen. He's pretty much given the credit for the humor, mostly in this book. But I think the humor starts right away with the cover that is so meta, it cracks me up. And you end up having the cover with most of the team on the cover looking at the reader, the person picking it up off the spinner rack back in the day. Like they want to start a fight with them. And it has Batman, Black Canary, Blue Beetle, Captain Marvel, Dr. Fate, Dr. Light, Green Lantern, Guy Gardner, Martian Manhunter, and Mr. Miracle all looking at us. Now, in a meta sort of deal, you get the idea that the creative team knows that people will be looking down at this team. They might end up throwing shade. And literally, Kevin McGuire draws the cover so that when you pick it up, you are looking down on the team. That's the perspective. That is a clever little deal that makes me laugh every time I think about it. Again, everybody on the cover looks pissed off. And Guy Gardner, arms crossed at the front, says, want to make something of it. And if you go through any bit of shade that you think you can throw at this team, at this book, it can be answered with want to make something of it because they're just going to fight you. If I say, oh, man, Mr. Miracle, want to make something of it? Oh, how Jordan's not in the book, want to make something of it? It's such a perfect cover. Almost the idea of them realizing what's going on and combating that before so the joke doesn't hit us, throwing shade doesn't hit as much because they're ready to just get it right back at us. And I do love it. Now, why? Do we have this team? Why is it? It's not really by design. The idea that back in the day, 1987, you're coming out of some really big things at DC, Crisis on Infinite Earths and the Legends crossover. Now, after that, DC is relaunching, rebooting, revamping a bunch of books, one of them being this Justice League book. The Justice League of America book had recently been canceled. And one of the reasons was people weren't buying it, but because it became kind of a joke, you ended up having the Justice League of Detroit. You had characters like Steel and Captain Steel and Vibe and Gyps, characters that people didn't like. So you would think that they would try to get back to a classic team. Let's get back to the legacy of the Justice League. The problem is you're not allowed to do that because coming out of, as I said, Christ on Infinite Earths and this Legends crossover, You have John Byrne doing the Superman reboot. You're not allowed to use Superman. George Perez is relaunching Wonder Woman. Can't use Wonder Woman. And Mike Barron is launching the new Wally West version of Flash. Can't use him either. So you can't have a classic team without Wonder Woman 
without Superman and without a Flash. Luckily, Denny O'Neill at the time is the Batman group editor. He takes pity on them and allows them to use Batman. Now, some of the other characters are in here. Dr. Fate is here because at the moment there's a miniseries being written by Dean Mateus and Giffen. So they're allowed to just grab their own deal. You end up having characters like Marsha Manor. Nobody really cares about him. He doesn't sell. Mr. Miracle, nobody cares about that character. Just throw him in here. So they're getting a lot of scrap heap stuff. But this book is so good because... It is that friction between them. It is the idea that this shouldn't be the Justice League and the idea that they just do not get along. I mean, they are characters just thrown together. Some of them don't even know each other. And the friction that really comes out of Guy Gardner really propels this book because that's different. And I go with this idea, just like I said, I love Guy Gardner. He's my favorite Green Lantern. I like flawed characters because the characters that are rough around the edges to me first off are more interesting but also when they end up doing their heroic things it feels more earned you end up seeing a progression superman saving you know a planet that's superman but when you see guy Gardner, who's just a jerk but then he does something he he throws himself sacrifices himself it makes it so much more and this team itself has that rough edge in general the exact so when they end up coming together a bit, when they end up sticking up for each other, it feels earned and it feels great. You get the feels from it. That's why I love it. But let's jump into it. I've been talking too much about the setup. You end up starting the book with Guy Gardner. He's there in the sanctuary, Happy Harbor, and he's thinking about what he's going to say to everybody as they show up. And basically, he's going to tell them, "I'm the leader." And that's that. And he ends up, he's going through a speech. He's going through how he's going to present himself. And it says, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Guy Gardner. I'm a Green Lantern. Correction, I'm the Green Lantern. None of those other jerks can hold a candle to me. So right away, you see the teammates? Eh, That doesn't mean so much to him. No doubt you're wondering why I called you here today, which he didn't, but simple. I'm declaring myself commander-in-chief of the spanking new Justice League. Any objections? I didn't think so. So we have two things with Guy Gardner right off the bat. You get the cover where he says, want to make something of it. Arms crossed. Now he has the ideas. I'm the leader. He doesn't care who's on the team. I'm the leader. Any objections? I didn't think so. That really sets the tone for this book, especially with Guy Gardner, who, if you think in your head, Guy Gardner, just if I say, think about what Guy Gardner is all about, what he's like. It's all from this book. It pretty much is. This defines Guy Gardner and a bunch of other characters as well. As he's thinking about this, the teleporter lights up. He says it's showtime. Out comes Black Canary. Dinah looks and through the dialogue, very well done that you realize that they have been teammates before and they know each other. You know, you end up having Dinah make fun of Guy, saying that he's early and on time because he's like Mussolini. You end up having Guy pretty much say, it's the 80s, I'm more like Sylvester Stallone. They're both making fun of each other. They're both kind of about to come to blows eventually, and the teleporter goes off again. And out comes Mr. Miracle and his personal manager, Oberon. They come out and... Again, I said, Mr. Miracle's on this book because Mr. Miracle doesn't sell. 
And in a meta way, you even have that in here where Oberon says, oh, my God, we're on the Justice League. This is going to make your box office receipt skyrocket. This is the best thing that has ever happened to me and you. Oh, my God, Mr. Miracle. The sky's the limit. Walks over to Guy and says, hey there, fellow member. Shake on it. And puts out his hand. Guy leaves him hanging first off. And as you end up having Oberon introduce himself, saying, good day to you. Oberon's the name. You end up, Guy just interrupts him and says, hey, what's the matter, Sneezy? The rest of the six dwarves couldn't make it. Oberon's a little fella. That That's the thing. Guy goes right with the, the dagger in the heart. Oberon steaming goes off. He walks muttering to himself as Mr. Miracle yells, box office, Oberon. Think box office. I will tell you one thing about Mr. Miracle. He, he is the world's greatest escape artist. You know what he escapes? Fights. There's at a point in this that I'm going to point out that he should really have jumped in to at least protect either the honor of Oberon. Right here, he probably should have said something to Guy. But later on, Oberon is actually fighting Guy Gardner and Mr. Miracle's just standing there pretty much running commentary. But you have through the dialogue again here, which is very good, where you see that Mr. Miracle doesn't really know Guy. Doesn't even know his name. He says, oh, I guess our resident Green Lantern is lacking in the social graces department. Dinah is who he's saying this to. And she gives pretty much the nickname that I love for Guy Gardner. She says, oh, my God, he's Rambo with a ring. And that is perfect. That is so good. Also, if Guy hears that, he's going to love it. Because earlier, even when Dinah first comes through and says, oh, you're as sensitive as ever. Guy says, it's the 80s and I'm more like Sylvester Stallone. Here we go. And while that's all going on, Oberon goes to sulk in the corner. Everybody else is just kind of there. Captain Marvel comes in and he comes through the front door. He doesn't teleport in. So he comes in and has gone through the throngs of reporters, everything going on with this team reassembling. And he says, it's it's a circus out there. It's crazy. He says when he comes in, holy moly. And Guy in the very background, you can barely even see him, goes, holy moly, like, who's this guy? And it's a cool deal. Captain Marvel here isn't the idea of Billy and Shazam being separate. They're one entity here. So you get the Captain Marvel, who's the naive, kid-like, child-like character that really plays off well, especially with Guy. And then later when we get Batman, stuff like that. He's the aw shucks guy here. And he says, I don't know, I went through there and there's all these, you know, the press, they're taking pictures. I don't know if it's a good thing. And in a weird little joke of the thing I think I mentioned earlier, where you end up having Oberon yell, publicity can't hurt. But because these characters and in this scene, it's Captain Marvel, Mr. Miracle and Black Canary, Oberon's too small to make the panel. He actually yells it from below. It made me giggle, even though it's not appropriate. But as that happens, and they're talking about the idea of the press and Oberon saying, and publicity can't hurt, Martian Manhunter and Blue Beetle come in. And Martian Manhunter says, I tend to doubt that. And he ends up saying, the press is awful. They will end up treating us like sideshow freaks. 
And then they'll turn on us. They'll do all this because of what had happened. He's the only member here that was on that previous Justice League of America book. And they had some problems. Again, it's kind of a meta thing, the press or the critics, whatnot. So he ends up saying the press are jerks, don't trust them. At that point, Blue Beetle, who is new to DC at this point, he just ended up showing up when you ended up having DC buy the character from Charlton for his first appearance in the Crisis on Infinite Earth. So he hasn't been in a lot of books, and this is a big deal. He ends up, oh, man, I I want everybody to get Blue Beetle mania. This is going to be awesome. The press will help me out. But yeah, John Johns is like, no, don't trust them. They'll turn on us. They will. And he's so grim. He's so just miserable and depressed. And he goes over to the computer. And up comes four panels, four pictures. It's Captain Steel, Gypsy, Vixen, and Vibe. And Vibe and Steel are dead at this point. He seems depressed and ends up hitting the purge button. So all of them disappear. He's getting like, they ended up leaving happy harbor without really doing any sort of cleanup at the end so he's taking them out of the computer they're no longer in and it's a nice little deal to remind you that martian manhunter was on this previous team and things didn't go well he's a bit depressed and black canary comes over and goes john i and she looks like she's going to give him a hug that's when guy decides to make a gavel a green lantern construct gavel slams it on the table and goes all right heroes now that we're all here i'm calling this meeting to order and now you get the idea that he's going to go through the practice speech but at that point we zip down to washington dc to innovative concepts where we are introduced to maxwell lord maxwell lord the owner of Innovative Concepts, he comes into work. His secretary says, oh, you look like you're in a good mood. He's whistling as he goes, and he goes, oh, that I am, and goes into his office, and there's a bunch of video screens. There's a bunch of TVs showing, you know, crazy things. You get Star Trek going on, right? You get Wiley Coyote, but you get a lot of Justice League reports there going on as well. Now, This is the first appearance of Maxwell Lord. At this point, he is not a hero. He's not a villain. You don't know anything about him, except that we'll find out that he is at this point recruiting people for this new Justice League. He ends up getting some characters. He's already recruited one as we speak. There's, we'll get to her, the new Dr. Light. There's a little spoiler, but. He also is the one that brings Booster Gold onto the team. And so at this point, he would have no idea, villain, hero, whatnot, but he is mysterious. And by the end of the issue, you are really concerned about his intentions. But even here, he's watching these news reports and you get like Tom Brokaw. He's like, here we go. Many people are questioning why we need a Justice League again. And oh, my God, here comes some of the members. And it's the Beatle coming in with Martian Manor, I think he's swinging below. There's the new Blue Beetle, and also I think that there's Martian Manhunter, and why do we need an alien? Everybody's kind of you know, not so hip on this Justice League team at the moment, and yeah, you end up, as this goes on, one of the main detractors of it is Jack Ryder, slash the Creeper, but that'll be for later, but Maxwell Lord's sitting there and he's writing down names of the team, JLA, Justice League of America, on this little tablet. And then he crosses out the America part 
Again, that will lead to later it being the Justice League International. But we don't know what any of this is going on right now. We go back to Happy Harbor, and everybody is about to just destroy Guy Gardner. But I'll give him credit. He is fighting them tooth and nail. He ends up saying that he's not going to play the good soldier. I'm not going to listen to your rules. I'm going to do what I want. He probably ended up, I mean, the, the whole deal is he probably gave that speech. Hey, I'm the leader. They're like, no, no, no. Black Canary says there's rules here. There's traditions. There's things of honor. Guy says, I don't give one bit of a, of a hoot about any of your traditions or rules. I'm not going with it. Oberon comes over and defends Dinah, says, you apologize to this lady right now. And yet up guy looks over and goes, hey, in case you missed the symbolism, Sneezy, and as he makes a construct of a broom, says, this is the brush off and sends Oberon just tumbling away with this brush. Again, why is it Mr. Miracle jumping in? So all of that, then Canary tries to kick Guy and says, you're insufferable. And then he says, yep, that's the way it works, babe. First, they say I'm insufferable, and then they come home with me. He is so over the top. Martian Manhunter is like, whoa, 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 you got to stop this. Tries to separate Dinah and Guy. Gets between them. Guy then makes like a, a crane construct to pick up Martian Manhunter. Calls him the Jolly Green Giant and says that he's going to send him back to the valley and then just makes fun of him going, ho, ho, ho. Everybody's screaming. Shazam, Captain Marvel's like, please, can't we all get along? Just please, everybody stop. Guy turns on him, says, I bet you drink warm milk before you go to bed. Captain Marvel goes, I don't know what that has anything to do with it, but yeah, I do. Things are going so... Oberon then jumps up. He's like Rey Mysterio fighting the Undertaker. He jumps up and starts trying to choke out Guy. Guy then grabs him and throws him all the way across the room into Mr. Miracle, who is still just standing there. Why isn't he defending Oberon? It's so crazy. Things are going bad. They are about to kill each other. And that's when you see what at this point the last two members of this Initial team here Where it's Dr. Fate and Batman And they're just kind of casually walking In and Dr. Fate Says oh you know with this Rebooting of the team this regrouping Never expected you to be a guy Who would join back up you're more of A loner there Batman Batman says you're one to talk there Dr. Fate So stop it and they go Into the room And everybody Is trying to beat the Crap out of Guy they're all attacking Guy. Guy is zapping Captain Marvel with Green Lantern. I mean, things are going really, really bad here. And Dr. Fate says, oh, my God, let me take care of this. And ends up, you know, he's going to use magic on him. And Batman says, no, I'll do it. Allow me. Now, as Batman comes in the room, he even says, put more than two of them in the same room together. And this is what we get. But yeah, Batman says, I'll take care of it. And he basically walks into the room. And as he walks by everybody, they stop fighting. I mean, it's Batman. This is big. The best is it's like a parting of the Justice League. See, to lead right to Guy, who's at the very end, because they're all in line to beat the crap out of him. Get to him. Batman grabs Guy by his collar and pulls him and goes, sit down. Guy looks at him. He's going to. 
That's Batman. And he goes and sits down. And he says, now shall we begin? And you get to this next panel where everybody looks bored. Everybody's fu- I think I think Captain Marvel fell asleep. He looks like his head is down, like he's out. And Batman says, and that is the reading of the charter. And that's the whole deal. Now, we just started this team. The last team was a wreck. Let's keep a low profile. Let's get to know each other first. Like, we, we can't be fighting like this. So now that we read the charter, you know, we'll get on to this. But then mentions, listen, you all look bored. If you're bored while I read the charter, you don't belong here. Get the hell out. And they end up where Black Canary says, well, you know, I think we're just a little anxious to get going. And I don't know, just looking at computer consoles and screens all day, that's not fun. And Batman has to remind her. And Batman's like, he's the den mother, the teacher, the whatever, the principal, where he says, you should know by now that we need someone on monitor duty at all times. He he is just Mr. Rules. This isn't going to work with Guy. Everybody else is bored, but Guy ends up Kind of leaning over to Mr. Miracle. It's like, man, that guy's a real pain in the butt, huh? And then Mr. Miracle's like, yeah, I kind of don't like his leadership style, but really, he's Mother Teresa next to you. Guy gets mad and says, I'm going to get you later, Buster. Batman hears this and says, are you threatening a teammate? Guy's like, no, 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 not me, Batman. You must have wax in your stupid bat ears. And it's hilarious. And we go off then. And we go to get the last character here for this deal. Now, just to point out, we're like three quarters of the way through this initial issue. We don't have a villain that they're attacking. We don't have a Starro. We don't have an end of the world situation that you usually get in the first issue of the Justice League. Again, the villain is kind of themselves not getting along and fighting, which makes it so good. And such, I'm telling you, Just the idea, because it's so different. It's such a gripping read for just what it is, really. It's just a bunch of people yelling and screaming and wanting to punch each other in in a room. But yet, it really is gripping. Well, we go off to New York City, we go to the UN building, and we end up seeing a woman. And if you had been reading Crisis on Infinite Earths, the Legends crossover, you will recognize that this is the new Dr. Light. It's Kameo Hoshi. And she ends up in the bathroom. She's trying to get ready. She's going to do a speech here at the UN. It's all about, you know, saving the world and doing things and, and being a superhero, not in a cape or cow sort of thing where she is there to really make a difference, she says to herself at least. But she, this beeping in her purse, she pulls it out. And it is the Justice League signal. It's the disc that you end up in. It's beeping because she's supposed to go. Tappy Arbor. While though, the people there, Batman, all them, they don't really know that she has this, that she is kind of a member. She's mad though. I gotta put this in my purse. I'm gonna do my my speech. I hope that nobody hears it. All right, let's go. But right before she goes out of the bathroom to go to do her speech, you end up having a little flashback page where you see somebody coming in and saying, Hey, Greetings, you know, hi, Dr. Kameo Hoshi, or should I say Dr. Light? She's like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. And this person, the shadowy figure says, listen, let's not waste time with this. I know that you're Dr. Light, please. I'm here. I'm your friend. I'm maybe your best friend here. This is a Justice League signaler, and you're part of the Justice League. Welcome to the Justice League. 
This ends up being Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord is the one who's doing this, and he is recruiting some people for this dream team that he has in mind. And so she has that, but she puts it in. She goes out of the bathroom and finds out right there that terrorists have taken over the UN building. You end up having a guy kind of giving the speech of, you know, we're here for the people who are left behind. We're going to do all this and ends up revealing that he has a bomb grafted to his chest and says, if I get killed, if I die, this bomb goes and the UN building gets destroyed. Everybody in it's dead. Well, that is being reported also where you have and a cool deal because it is set up well. Kameo ends up getting grabbed and they take her down to the big assembly room and She's like, okay, what should I do? I hope I can maybe reach in my purse here. And she hits the button to signal off to the Justice League. They get this beeping. You know, all of a sudden, this priority alert goes up, and it's like priority one members alert. And Batman is like, who is this? There are no other members. We're all here. I don't know, but it's coming from the UN. It looks like it's coming from Dr. Light. And he's like, Dr. Light, well, let's trace it. And they see, and they head off, and they're like, okay, we're going to go. Guy right away jumps out of his chair. All right, finally, I get to knock some heads. I'm going. Batman tells him, no, 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 I'm I'm doing the plan here. You got to follow the plan. Captain Marvel, Dr. Fate, you go first. You go scope out the area. Try to keep a low profile, uh, but we'll catch up to you, and then we'll put this plan into effect. They go off. Guy's pissed. He wants to go with them, and Batman says, no. You're coming with us. We're going to fly in the Beetle. And he says, why should I do that? Batman says, because I said so. That's why. Let's go. And Batman is not nice here to anybody. I mean, at a point, Mr. Miracle asked, you know, what should I do? You stick with the plan. Everybody should stick with the plan. When Batman and the rest of the team do get to the UN, Dr. Fate's missing. He's disappeared. Shazam, Captain Marvel has no idea where he went. And like, where did he go? He was with you. I don't know. He just disappeared. He said, you'd understand. I don't know. And then guys like, oh, I guess he left because he couldn't take your leadership abilities. Batman is about to punch guy right there and says, Gardner, you shut your mouth for the last time. We will do as we're instructed. You do it now. Guys like, all right. Guys, part of this initial plan is to seal off the U.N. building. He uses the Green Lantern energy. Nobody can get in or out. And while that is going on, you do have this leader of these terrorists. And he says, the world has to listen. The world has to tremble. How long can people remain impoverished and oppressed? How long can they be ignored? Shunned into the shadows to starve, die, and be forgotten. Kameo's listening to this. She's like, this guy kind of speaks some sense, though. Being a terrorist, that's taking it too far. I'm not going to say that this guy's good or whatever, but it's kind of what I wanted to do if they would have just let me say my speech. But with that going on, you end up having one of the other terrorists, one of the guys there, while the main guy's yelling his nonsense. You end up this guy, okay, uh, checkpoint one, all clear? And you have, yes, all clear. You see that all the checkpoint guards are getting the crap kicked out of them. I think at one point Martian Manhunter is killing people, but they're all getting killed. So the person who is responding to these checkpoints is Blue Beetle who's in the Beetle, and he's got his microphone, and he's at checkpoint one, we're good here. All right, checkpoint two, are you good? He has to change his voice, so he, he pinches his nose, checkpoint two, good. And he's like, this is so embarrassing. It's funny, though. Like I said, Marsha Manhunter, I think he's pretty much killed 
at least three people right here. Now, while that's going on, you still have Batman and Mr. Miracle watching. Mr. Miracle kind of wants to get involved. Batman says, "I, how many times do I have to tell you, all of you, you stick with the plan. Stick with the plan. Now, the plan then is for Martian Manhunter to go invisible, go up to Dr. Light and say, hey, listen, it's me, Martian Manhunter. I'm here with the Justice League. We got your signal. You know, don't cause any sort of commotion here. I'm going to tell you the plan and whispers in her ear. And she's like, okay. At that point, yeah, Batman say, okay, guy, you can come now. Let's get this way. He's like, oh, finally, about time. I'm going to go knock some heads in. And then Batman jumps in as well after he tells Mr. Miracle to stay put, like he said. And the big plan here is for Batman to swoop in, cause a huge distraction with his cape out. He looks like a huge bat. And then Dr. Light, boom, becomes pretty much the human flash grenade, blinds everyone. The whole place is lit up in light as Guy comes smashing through a wall and uses his ring to make five construct hammers that knock out the five guys, terrorists, not the main guy, but the guys who all have their guns. They all get knocked out. So they're getting pulled away. This main guy's pissed and Batman's right there with him and says, you're done. And this guy says, no, I'm not done. I swear I'm going to detonate this bomb. I'm the big to-do. Don't you humiliate me. As Batman just says to the rest of them, because Guy says, I'm going to knock this guy out. I'm going to knock his lights out. Batman says, no, you do what you're told and get all the rest of these people out of here. The rest of the team besides Batman starts to, you know, get people out of the building. Let's get everybody out of here. Now, that guy's there with this bomb that it said if he dies, the bomb goes off. Well, you kind of have a way out of that by not killing him. Batman then pretty much goads him into just the the worst thing because he just says, we're just going to let you sit here. We're leaving. I I don't even think you're any threat. I'm going to turn my back to you and leave. And this guy's just yelling, are you humiliating me? You don't think I'm a threat? All this. Suddenly there's a gun. On the ground, I swear that Batman threw the gun there. The guy picks up the gun and shoots himself. He commits suicide here. The bomb doesn't go off, though. And we end up ending with a news report of this, where the terrorist siege of the UN is over. You know, we tried to talk to the Justice League, but they're not taking any sort of interviews. Yeah, Batman, get them cameras away from me. Then... Pushing the idea that this guy killed himself and the last one with him was Batman. And they end up saying that this guy, the squad leader identified as John Charles Collins. He didn't have any connection to any terrorists, anything like that. He was a drifter, a former mental patient who had no previous connection with any political groups underground or otherwise. Now, some of these other guys are pointing out that they're, part of 1960s radical groups and things like that this is their mo but why was this guy a mental patient and drifter who never had any connection why was he the leader how did he get this bomb what is all this about but again the last person in the room with him's batman and then the guy kills himself luckily the bomb didn't go off but we see why because we go off to maxwell lord to end the issue again he's sitting at his desk and he's watching the reports he likes this he i mean he ends up pretty much having, you know, 18 uh, television screens on the wall. All you need are the toothpicks to keep his eyes there. And he's Axl Rose in the Welcome to the Jungle video. But you end up where 
he's watching the deal and then he's like oh my god poor collins and this is maxwell lord as they're reporting this oh imagine poor collins shooting himself like that and his bomb failing to detonate imagine that and then you look at his desk and there is the firing pin for that bomb and he says maybe i should have given him the firing pin and that's how it ends now with that we have no idea who maxwell lord is it takes issues and issues before he actually seems to get mind controlling powers and all of that so it's such a cool start but it's very mysterious this is the guy who got dr light on the team but now he seemingly has set up now it seems he set up this thing to make the Justice League look good, to get them to be a team, to get them to kind of gel a little at least. It's it's crazy, and it's a great ending that really is like, oh, my God, what's going on? Uh, and I love it. I think the art is great throughout. I think that the humor and the tension and, like I said, those rough edges really play out. But then you see that even with that, I mean, if you want to really go and say Batman's a jerk in this, what I take from it is, that Batman is so good that he can get a bunch of characters that never have worked together, some maybe a little, but not much, and he can with just his sheer will. I mean, he is Batman showing up in this is like when you get a bunch of football players, prima donna, let, let's just go, if you're a football player, you get Randy Moss, who's been having some issues, he's been a little wacky, and then he goes to the Patriots, And there's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. These are respected people. And you have to have that person that the team can respect. They'll all fall in line. And Batman's that person. It's not happening yet, but it's getting there. But you see that even with that friction, even with them not wanting to listen, he could still run that machine better than anybody and gets people to do what he says eventually. And they end up taking down this terrorist threat, though it seems like it was a little bit of a gimme. It was like a softball pitch in here from Maxwell Lord. But overall, just a great issue and a great series. It's one of those where if you want to get the idea of like the great blue and gold, it's here. You end up having later where Martian Manhunter eating the cookies, that's from this. You get the one punch, all that stuff, and even more, even more stuff in this really great run, really cool thing. So I hope everybody checks it out but that's the end of the podcast i hope everybody enjoyed going through this issue and if you did like i said check out the show notes here in the podcast and you'll have links to our twitter our website and also if you go over and maybe become a patreon that'd be awesome to help us out with everything we do but get a lot of podcasts in return but that's that everyone and i will Talk to you later.